Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a performer, a writer, a creative dynamo, Kiri Callaghan. A creative dynamo? Yeah. I like that. Did oh. you like that? Yeah, you don't hear dynamo. Di- See, I can't even say it. That's how much you don't hear that. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear dynamo very often. It's a new one I'm trying out. I like it. I think I, you should keep it. I it sometimes just say awesome person and then people don't like that for some reason. Why? I don't know. Would you have like been bothered they... if I had said an you know, awesome person? If it's if it, if I cause awe, like... <laughs> be, I, I'd be okay with that, even if it's just aw. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Is more often than the <sighs> so not not up there. Aw. I mean that'd be Kinda cool, but here, I'm not aw. gonna lie. It's usually a pity. Aw, it's more like awesome. It's like aw. And now my guest, an awesome person. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but accurate. <laughs> terrible but accurate. All right, we'll see about that. So uh, can you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, I self-identify <laughs> I self-identify <laughs> as a bard, um, basically because I love storytelling, and that sometimes comes out in books, which I have written uh, one book, well, actually a few others, but one that is worth talking about called Alice. Uh, it's part of a series called the Terra Miram Chronicles. Hopefully the sequel will be releasing next year. Um, you can check it out pretty much anywhere through your major local whatnots. Um, I recommend not going through Amazon because they're kind of dicks to small yeah. publishers in general. They're um, not being awesome right now. No, they're Or kinda, dynamos. They're <laughs> not being dynamos. So, you know, support your local bookstore and be like, hey. This is in every catalog. You should order yeah. it, and I will support both you and an author. So, so Alice is the title, right? A L Y S, Alice. A L Y S. Now, do I have this story right that you wrote this and not trying to get it published, and then it just kind of got found, or what? What was um, your story with I Alice? I self-published because at the time I was doing a lot of YouTubing, which is something I still do, but I was doing it more professionally for Geek and Sundry at the time, right? And I was I was doing so much online, it just made more sense to be like, hey, I also wrote a book, um, which was originally written for sort of cathartic reasons, and then I'm like, but I want, I love telling stories, and yeah. whether it's through music or whatnot, I just want it out there and be like, I don't care if this really makes me money, it'd be cool, because I'd like to quit all the day jobs I've done throughout the years. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know. So you self-published it. I did. And then, and then uh, a somebody small publisher... Found it? Uh, approached me and they're like hey we'll help you which is great because I can actually now um, not only am I in the Library of Congress which is really cool I have a certificate that's like "Mm, Library of Congress Mm, has a number and I'm like what Um, but I can also get more book signings essentially because then people look at you and go oh you're legitimate which is a whole thing with gatekeeping in the literary community which is kind of shit in my opinion but that's it's nice to have a little bit of ease in that and trying absolutely. to like spread the word. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is fascinating because obviously anybody can write a book. They can self-publish and it can be just as good as something yeah. that is officially published. But it is hard for everyone in the world to read all of the books and go, which ones are good? So we use exactly. official publishing as a way to go, well, somebody who has the, this job thought it was yeah. good. Because yeah. unfortunately, like anyone can write a book, but anyone can write a book <laughs> yes so I've, I've read some real some real interesting back to amazon 99 cent uh, ebooks yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah it is it's a whole thing it's a whole thing uh so you you still you're still doing youtube right do you still have your your show i am i still do um i'm not i don't do it for geek and Sundry anymore they dissolved the vlogs channel which, <laughs> in acid. I mean, kind, <laughs> kind of. of. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of um, sudden geek and sundry changes there. But you know what? They they went a different route. They've got a bigger sponsor now. I bear them no ill will. Okay. Um, and it it probably gave me more time to actually focus on what I really want to do. Because not that I don't dislike vlogging. It just the particular kind I was doing. Well, it was my passion. Took so long. Okay. So long, and so it took away from everything else. Um, but I still do occasional vlogs and i'm just about to start doing something called wordy wednesdays where we talk about the etymology of word a single word every nice. wednesday because i love that in each and episode will be at least two hours yeah. long right oh, yes two hours long <laughs> because as we know um it took an hour of footage to make a five minute video normally yeah. and it's like 10 hours of editing it's it's terrible please start with dynamo do, <laughs> do no, dynamo I, I will have to look that up i already have like two films so i'll have to add okay. dynamo in there <laughs> just for you Justin. i will feel honored so i said 
suspect the reason that your your previous iteration of your YouTube presence took a lot of time is because of your obsession that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I killed that segue. <laughs> uh, your obsession is research. Yeah, and um, it's it's so funny when you when you reached out like, oh, what do you want to talk about? I was like, oh, I gotta give gotta give this some thought, and I actually listened to um, a few past episodes because I'm I've been familiar with the podcast, but I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks, so I fell behind because usually yeah. my driving, my commute back and forth is when I usually like get to read. Yeah. Uh, quote, unquote. So <laughs> Listen, I, like, read. I was like, oh, I'll catch up. And I, and I came across um, the episode on The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah. And there's a... Um, the, the lovely guest mentioned um, Rich Sommer's character, Doug. And they're like, oh, I don't think his, his job is ever mentioned. And my brain went, no, it's totally mentioned. And then I went and looked it up. <laughs> rewatched literally just that part of the movie. And he... They're like, oh, you're a corporate research analyst. I'm like, aha! I knew that it was mentioned. And then I realized I don't have a freaking clue what a corporate research analyst does. So I kind of fell down this Google rabbit hole, which happens very often with me. And then I found out that they are basically responsible, typically, um, for creating reports about equities and like what is viable for stock and like trends and tracking those and then i suddenly realized oh my god maybe because there's that whole thing sorry i'm talking about a past episode i'm obsessed about obsessed um oh you should that'd be really meta if you ever find your super fan there you go it's been offered to me we'll see (laughs) ah there you go um but i realized oh maybe he's not actually gay maybe he knows all of that stuff about fashion because he's been tracking it because once you know oh these this is currently fashion trends and then you have you want to like invest in certain companies and usually it's just cash grab you don't have to actually be really like related to that industry yeah so you'd want to know which companies were on the up and up with trends and it was that thought of like is that why and is that why their faces are like how do you know this because it's so out of character but it actually isn't and then i realized whoever wrote that script probably did not have my crazy brain and I was reading far too much into it, but who knows? It might have been an it might have like been a, a deleted note, like, thing that they never like and never even made it to film. But um, after that moment, I realized, oh fuck, I know exactly what I need to talk about. <laughs> so this was listening to that episode, yeah, and I and finding it. out that you wanted to research, and then discovering that the career that you wanted to research was that his career was research. Yeah, <laughs> that made you have the epiphany that you're obsessed with research. Yeah, I mean, I already knew, but it was sort of like, but what do I talk about? And I'm like, <laughs> of course course you know what you're talking about yeah you had a webs thing for like two years like just talk about research okay so now do you let's get into a little bit of what research means to you because obviously like i think most humans know what that noun means but (laughs) you were talking about the guy in devil wears prada as like a really crunchy numbers career with real applications but for you Obviously, you did it for your YouTube series, but for I you, did. is it more just the, like, I want to know things? Yeah, I, I, I jokingly call it, like, my obsessive curiosity compulsion. Okay. Um, Because it literally, like, something will strike me, and I'm like, I, I have to know this. Like, I have to know this right now. <laughs> and it, it might actually be, like, related to something. I don't know, something undiagnosed, because it's this gnawing thing in the back of my mind. Um, when the smartphone was invented and I had one in my possession, that was probably the best and worst thing to happen to I was, me. I was, gonna, I was waiting to see if you are going to say best or worst and then you combine Um, them it's a little bit of both because people will get people you know people don't like you being on your phone and they don't it's not it's not an insult i'm not like typing i just i have to know this thing you said and what does that relate to yeah so i know i think we're all familiar with that feeling of oh oh, that's annoying i can't remember or, or i'm really curious but like when you go and you get the the factoid uh that you didn't know from your phone yes what is being fulfilled is it that a, a curiosity is being uh, yeah. resolved or is it that you want to immediately implement that information? Um, it's more of a curiosity and like an instant gratification because I've noticed okay. I don't always remember what it is. Like my, or if I do, it's like logged away. I, I like to joke. I have a brain gnome who does all of <laughs> the it's filing, big messy library <laughs> and it, it's not great at filing, um, especially with dates and so I'll remember it like five days later after okay. I've tried to. And I'll be like, ah, 1776! <laughs> so is it more than facts <laughs> that you feel like you should know or you once knew are the ones that are making you obsessive? Not, there's no reason that you should know this. No, there's no reason. I should, like, there's no reason. Like, I'm not ever going to have a need to know what a corporate research analyst is unless I decide to write a book on it. But yeah. I'm going to log that away and maybe it's like, Remember those old point-and-click games? Yeah. And you'd go around and you'd see an object you could pick up and you're like, I'm never going to use this, but you pick it up anyway. And then sure enough, like 
three acts later, you're able to use that frying pan to hit someone over the head. Like, yeah. that's what this information, I feel like, is. Is like, okay. maybe I'll need it later. I probably won't, but maybe. It's yeah. Like, and now, knowing that you can look it up, are you ever in a place where you're like, I don't, I'm in the middle of a conversation. I don't need to know this now because I am old enough. Well, most humans are old enough to have been without smartphones where like if you couldn't remember something at a bar, everybody just go, ah, 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 and then they'd let it go. And now it feels even more like we should do that because we can all look it up. So yeah. in a way, I, I don't know. It, I, I'm interested in how facts have become more accessible. And I don't think that means they should be less valuable but it is less valuable to to know them because we all know them. We can all know them in a second if we want. And so why don't we? Yeah. Like that's my, <laughs> but that's where my brain goes is like the internet's at your fingertips. You have no you have Wait. no excuse not to know this. You, Kiri, oh. want to be the information superhighway. I do. <laughs> I want to be Jane from the Enders series. Okay, you just want to be able to... Act. You're making a, an accessing everything and gesture. I can't tell you why. <laughs> well, maybe we'll continue to dig for that. When is the... Other than this epiphany, this obsessed podcast-based epiphany, when was the first time you realized... I like doing this because I going through even a basic education, we're all asked to research things. And I think some people walk away from it going, oh, I hate this. And other people like, what? Looking things up in the library? Fuck yeah. Oh, no. Did you have that moment as a child where like the first book report or whatever? I had it before that, I think. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I had it when I was really too young to actually go to the library and look. I was really obsessed with The Little Mermaid. And I remember my mom... It was like kindergarten. I had I had morning, so we had the afternoons to ourselves, and I would watch that stupid movie. I, I love it. What am I gonna say? Yeah. I would watch it over and over. And I remember <laughs> my mom being like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I'm like, "I want to be Ariel." And then my mom said, "Well, you know, someone got paid to do that." And I remember my brain just going, "I'm sorry, what?" And okay. that's when I learned what voice acting was, which I still love to this day. But that thought about like I must know everything about acting. There are people who get paid. To play pretend. Okay. Like, you never have to fully grow up. And I remember that being earth-shattering for six-year-old Kiri. Yeah. So it seems like immediately when you're six years old, you made the connection that knowledge is power. Yes. So... My dad was very big on, on like, teaching us. Like, I remember before I even knew what it meant, he had us recite um, amino acids are the building blocks of protein. <laughs> Just that sentence? Just, or is I mean, there yes, more to it exactly than that? exactly that. <laughs> Just, I don't know why he chose... I mean, he's very science-minded. And yeah. And he was a... Um, he was a, I just forgot the words. See, this is what happens. It's, and it's totally okay to forget uh, things here on Obsessed. <laughs> no, I got to look it up. No, I'm kidding. Um, medical doctor, but he was a general practitioner. There we go. That's okay. the term. Um, but he was really obsessed with like learning and 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 just absorbing knowledge. And I probably yeah. got that from him. And Yeah. But that, okay, so that makes sense because that's like real practical, important knowledge. Like I like it when doctors remember things. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> like, that's fair. Like this is going to kill you or it's not going to kill you. That's <laughs> you more know, important than whatever. like who played uh, Greedo in like, Star Wars? Like, yeah. A six-year-old doesn't need to know the amino acids or the building blocks of protein. But he like was very like, if you don't remember anything else. I know he was being very joking about yeah. it. Yeah. But come second grade, I remember my teacher being like, now, amino acids. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And my hand went up in the air. And I'm like, this is my moment. This is my moment. And did you get to shine? Um, No, because she just told us. (laughs) And I was really angry. That was my Hermione moment. And I didn't get it. Okay. So uh, we'll talk about Hermione, too. (laughs) Uh, So when you got to a level of school where you were learning what that actually means, that amino acids are the C. I didn't even remember what the sentence your dad would be mad at me building blocks of protein the building blocks of protein when you got to a level of science where you were actually applying that and it had meaning other than you had memorized syllables that were a fact because your dad your dad (laughs) was fun and cool did it did it have more weight to you when you were like that's what that actually means it's it's like a big puzzle and you're just connecting all these dots and then when you finally get to a point where it circles back to something you already kind of knew it's just like this I, it's this euphoria that I can't even I can't even describe. It's like bloop bloop achievement unlocked. Like okay. you have found the end of this particular <laughs> circuit. And you're like, oh my gosh, yes. Okay, yeah. So it is making connections. Yes. So research on some level, knowledge is power. Research is making the connections so that you take one bit of information over here, one bit of information over here, and you combine them into 
um, mecca I mean, information. There's a great, there's a great comfort in, in that, you know, like knowing how something works to yeah. some extent of just, oh, okay, well, there's no, like, I, I, I was a very scared child, maybe. Like, I had, I mean, I still have nightmares, like weirdly chronic nightmares, and I think it was probably also something about if I understand it, then it's not scary. Yeah. And then I can just, you know, I get it, and I know how to handle it, and even if I'm scared, I'll know how to get through it, and... Right. Maybe I, that's connected. I don't know. I'm making like loose connections and hypothesizing. I, I right love left. loose connections. Yeah. Fantastic. But that makes yeah, sense. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was even remotely supposed to be a euphemism. That was so kind of sexy. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So th- there's that knowledge is power in that larger sense, but also more like knowledge is control. Or if, if I understand how things work, they won't have power over me because I can navigate them. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Was there a time then, so you learned these lessons early on, you learned that if you could learn all about voice acting, you could be Ariel when you Maybe, grew up. <laughs> that was my thought process. But did you ever have a time where like you went to the library or, you know, if you were a Buffy fan and like Buffy was so much about the library, was there ever a time where it clicked where you're like, I love going places and looking things up and actively doing research like as an activity? I don't think I was ever really that self-aware of it. Like I would do it. And I would get really excited when my mom was like, okay, we're going to go to the library because I got to go downtown. And I grew up in this tiny little puddle of a town called Aberdeen, Washington. Nirvana. <laughs> um, so there wasn't a lot to do. But I remember we would go down to the public library and she just let us roam for a few hours. And it was just great because you're like, all right, this book and this book. And then I could just kind of go down. It very much, just to go back to Alice, felt like falling down my own rabbit hole and okay. just sort of getting to experience things that I while stuck in this puddle of a town, was never going to experience. Okay. So it was sort of this escapism through knowledge and just, I want to know what's out there so yeah. I can go find it the moment I'm out. And Cool. So when you went to the library, though, like, when I, I was a kid, I wanted to, like, read make ups Like, you know, I got excited about, you know, uh, there was these old universal monster books <laughs> where, you know, I could read about these movies because I couldn't see them. But it was, for me, going to the library was about getting new stories but did you look up actual information oh, were you yeah. like oh fuck yeah the encyclopedia britannica well because you couldn't take those home the books yeah. like the fiction books i can check those out okay the encyclopedias you can't take with you so it was like do a run through my age area be like all right what looks new what looks cool yeah and then go to the big book <laughs> oh go to the big book see okay th- now that's powerful to me because if you attach that going to the library is where you get knowledge but you literally can't take the you knowledge can't. with you. You, you need couldn't. to put it in your head. It was Or horrible. write it down. That makes more sense to me while you'd be oh, like, okay. what if the knowledge leaves my smartphone? Oh, no. What if I can't take it out of my smartphone? I need the, to put it in my smart brain. And the internet happened and it came into our house <laughs> in, the, in the box that I had to share with my siblings, which I was very unhappy about. <laughs> uh, how many siblings did you have? I had two. Um, one, unfortunately, passed away in okay. 2013, but... Um, were I'm they youngest of three? Youngest of three. Okay. Were they similar to you uh, when you were growing up? That um, they all they were. I imagine your father all told them about amino acids. Oh being yes, the basic no, we all blocks. knew that. I'm pretty sure my sister can still recite it. Okay. Um. So was that was it a family pastime or is it no. something that was a little bit more your thing? It was weirdly. I think it was mostly mine. Um, my sister is very interested in fantasy novels, and she's what got me into like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And such the like. And my brother was more interested in Star Wars. So that's how I got my sci-fi binge. And then I was, it was just kind of me and my dad that was in the nonfiction. Mom's more of like musical theater and whatnot. And that's how I became the weird amalgam I am now. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Okay, so now that you're an adult, you're you're doing the... (laughs) (laughs) Now that you are from the outside, apparently an adult. Uh, You used to do a lot of research for your... YouTube videos. Yes. What's your favorite thing to research now that you're a little bit more cognizant of, <sighs> all right, I get to research? Is if, it. If I don't have to write about it later? Yeah. I. There is stuff about um, physics that I find fascinating, but my brain is very not. I, I feel like I'm working against how my brain works when I read a lot of science because okay. mathematically I'm not gifted. Um, so anything that goes into numbers and whatnot, but I love learning about space. But any time I had to then regurgitate it into a script, I had to over-research so that I could sort of understand it enough to put it down in layman's terms so that when someone watched that five-minute video, they actually understood it. And it was very exhausting. But just being able to, like, 
get lost in it and let it stew is just great. And also history. I just, I freaking love. Like, okay. I love history. <laughs> so your favorites are science and or, history. Or space and history specifically. Space and history. Okay. Like, ah. Cool. So your your channel was called, or is still called? Um, is it still called Curiosity? It, it Yes and no. It's, okay. it's really a segment I do now. And then my channel is just Curie Calligan because I'm boring and branded like that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with clarity in one's name when I when it comes to branding. Uh, but y- it used to be called Curiosity, or is that just your nickname? It, it was my nickname actually all through high school. Okay. Um, which I did not give myself. So that that was thank you for answering my follow up. Okay. No, I did not give that to myself. <laughs> Who, Someone... Okay. Let's. I want to hear that then. So your name obviously Kiri K I R I. Yes. Um, and, and obviously this is very accurate nickname, which <laughs> many people do not have the luxury of getting an accurate nickname when it's given to them in high school. Oh God, no. Um, so it how did that so happen? So much worse. It could have been. Well, I also got Kiri A Eleison because <laughs> I was a choir nerd, and every choir nerd has to sing that damn Gregorian chant. Yeah. So that was, I think, my first one. And then by about sophomore year, maybe beginning of, or end of freshman, um, I'm not sure how it began. It was just the fact of like, I would ask a lot of questions. And I think one friend just finally was like, you are freakishly curious. Oh, oh and then they that just works had with that your name. Of like, oh, you're curious. And then it became curiosity. And they thought they were so clever. <laughs> <laughs> were you asking questions in class or were you like, no, I wanted grilling to know more friends. about my friend. Not grilling. Just like <laughs> so many people just, they ha- like, especially in high school, they're just handling like, sup. Yeah. And that's like all you say. Did you see that thing last night? Yeah, yeah did. It was awesome. And you were like, but how did you feel about and this? I was like, no, but, but definitely. And then being like, well, tell me about your family. And I'm just, <laughs> I want to know. Character motivation was also another thing. Okay. I, I briefly thought about talking about obsession. And I'm like, oh, well, let's go with this one. <laughs> well, it, it is a kind of research, right? Yeah. It yeah. still is, where you're just like, what? What, what? Why did you do this? <laughs> so obviously you invested in that nickname. You like that nickname. Yeah. It's a good I mean, kind of branding for you. Uh. <laughs> it grew on me. At first it was sort of like, I'm not. Because it seemed like it was teasing or making fun. Of, I I think there's a weird negativity around curiosity. Oh, really? Um, Like curiosity killed the cat? That sort yeah, of just don't poke your nose into thing. shit that is not yours to... Exactly. And yeah. also just like... Um, like you're a curious sort of like it, it's, <laughs> you're really curious, aren't you? Like I've had I've had teachers say that sort of thing to me, and it's sort of had this weirdly negative connotation. And I'm like, y- yes, yeah, because I want to know things. Why are you see- implying that that I shouldn't? Or yeah, like, I don't know. I'm gonna end up stumbling upon some sort of spy thing and go, oh, I've seen too much and yeah. witness protection. Yeah, that is a weird one to wrap my mind around. I think it is probably because I am in my echo chamber a little bit of, you know, <laughs> smart people, well, you know. nerdy people or people who value knowledge and and even in like, you know, uh, kind of modern geek things. It's like you, yeah. can't, you can never know enough. There's Which so much I love this to know sort just of like community, for fun and facts. So the idea of it, you just sort of run into these moments of, oh, not everyone does that, do they? Yeah. Okay, well. Of wanting to know why. Just because. Just and what and how. Just because. Yeah. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah. So as you should respond by saying, well, why aren't you curious? And yeah, then some and further conversation. I should have. I don't think I ever asked back. I think it was just sort of that shut me down of like, oh, this is something I, okay. I should try to fight against. And I was never very good about that. So did you have, if you had ambivalent feelings about the nickname Curiosity, did you have a moment then as you were uh, venturing out into the world, putting up YouTube videos that you decided to embrace it as like a fuck you badge yeah. like yeah it's a good thing motherfuckers actually um when i started doing videos for geek and sundry it was sort of i was trying to figure out well how do i want to brand this and i'm like well this is what i want to talk about and then it was just sort of you know what why don't i just fucking call it curiosity <laughs> like why don't i just lean into that and go yeah i i am the grown-up version of mindy from animaniacs going why why okay i love you bye-bye um i just i want to know yeah that's awesome that's awesome uh so you're doing a lot of research obviously uh, for your personal joy but also for any creative project yes so how big of a risk to our productivity is creative humans and i think most people listening do creative things how big of a risk is the google search rabbit hole where you where you get distracted you think that's part of the process yeah i do um and in the weirdest ways and i feel like alice is such a testament to that um just for like random things that i 
in the middle of researching, ended up going in there and because I feel like there's there's sort of this beauty in the like the beauty and the tragedy of what if yeah. is what really fuels uh, artists and sometimes it it comes out because I feel like curiosity is really why we create in general. Um, sometimes it t- takes you to a Google sh- search to be like, oh, what if this did happen? And then you find start reading about a particular event in history or you find nothing and then you're like, well, what if that happened? And <laughs> I'll so make you it sit up. down and yeah. you write it and you, you're like, okay, well, how would this logically progress? Um, and I remember researching about um, rhythms and beats and iambic pentameter, um, which is also, iambic is also the same rhythm as in belly dancing. There's a rhythm called doom tech, um, which... I, remember reading about some villages like back in the day um kind of banned certain rhythms because they believed it controlled your heart oh wow because um, it's just that and, like we'll mess it up oh no like um it was like sort of kind of mind control because like that oh. irresistible urge to dance oh like you would like if you dance the right way you would get on the exact same rhythm as somebody's yeah, heart like, and you like, would like possess boom, 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 them boom. yeah like yeah. you can't help but dance and that's how they sort of described that and i'm like that's really interesting <laughs> and so my queen of hearts who is not called the queen of hearts um speaks completely in iambic pentameter because okay. she controls people's heartbeats nice um, and then i had i have a character in there named uh Silas, or his real name is Silas, and I had originally, for completely different reasons, uh, made him sort of like the bastard child of Samuel Taylor Cooleridge okay. and a fairy, which sounds very strange, but <laughs> roll with me on this No, audience. that sounds it's, like a um, Google rabbit hole that you put together it beautifully. It was, and then I realized when looking up, I must have looked him up at some point initially because I, I used one of his poems in it. And then going back, I found out weirdly later in in his life, inexplicably, he started calling himself Silas. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) I didn't even know that I knew this. And it was just sort of that beautiful connection of like, you just gather that info and sometimes it hides in the back of your brain until you create something. And then you realize you've made these beautiful loops and circular storytelling. I like that idea a lot. so great. I think that's a very healthy and freeing idea. But I think the the key thing to me about your story is clearly when you are... Google, you know, traveling, rabbit holing, you're not uh, being, you're, you're having an open mind. Because yes. that's the me thing is if you have like one valve in your mind open to a specific story you're thinking about, then every little random thing you suck in might solve a problem in your story <laughs> or your creative thing. Yeah. But if you're just doing it because like, I don't want to write, so I will read oh. about Michael Jordan's career oh. for three hours. No, that's fair. If we're, then, if we're talking about that, when I go to write, I, I literally will go somewhere where I don't have internet. Okay, <laughs> you, you shut it off. Okay. Yeah, like I take no Netflix. I can't work in my home. I've, I've tried so many okay. times, but I go to a little cafe um, down in Long Beach, which is great. Okay. So given your research, this iambic pentameter belly dancing thing is fascinating to me. I've had many friends who are belly dancers over the years. So in theory, if somebody did the exact right pronunciation of like Hamlet and somebody was belly dancing, they could get totally in sync. It's a mythology. I don't know (laughs) if it's actually. Well, when you think about it, this is a great thing about um, I don't know how uh, familiar you like. I know you enjoy Shakespeare. But I don't know how much you've read about like the linguistics of like how he wrote certain things. Many people have told me lots about it. Um, so I don't want to repeat. No, but, that's fine. Um, have you? Um, oh gosh. Okay. So in Romeo and Juliet, and there is a part like Lady Montague's first entrance. Yeah. I find so fascinating because he wrote in he wrote in things that uh, uh, informed the actor in just the rhythm of it. Yeah. Because um, as you know. Uh, if, or if you're not aware, uh, pentameter means 10 beats, da 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 um, But when she enters, she speaks in 12. Oh. Um, and, in, and she's using very soft um, words. I believe it's, uh, where is Romeo? Seeing you him today, right glad I am he was not in this fray. So first of all, not only is she like, I might, I might have misquoted that. <laughs> that's, um, just, that's just But that's fine. the gist. Um, but first of all, not only is she on this sort of, huh, thing but she's it's forcing you to go beyond the natural rhythm and yeah. force through it in this sort of breathlessness and um not actually expecting her question to be answered she just kind of rushes through it yeah and then at the end of the play she dies sorry spoilers <laughs> um, it's like 400 years old yeah. get over it um, no that's that's terrible of me to say i'm so sorry <laughs> um, but she dies and um Lord Montague describes it as her breath was stolen from her. Oh, okay. Um, or, or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, at hearing her son's death. And it's like, oh my gosh, she has a, she's got a lung issue. 
And Shakespeare informs you of that the moment she enters. And so it's not like this dramatic, like, she lost the will to live sort of. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we, I, I, I've done reference. plenty of podcasts where we've talked about that. <laughs> so we can. But it's not that. Like, she literally had a condition that was then aggravated by the stress of losing her son. Okay. And that's why she passes. And I'm like, that is fucking crazy. And would people understand that better if there was a belly dancer right there? The whole <laughs> production. You're really hooked up on this belly dancer thing. Maybe? No, I just. I, I, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I don't want to get into a, a whole Shakespeare wormhole. But no, I, sorry. I, I, we will. No, and it's fine. It's fine. But like the rhythm thing is really fascinating yeah. to me because I, I have done Shakespeare. I know so many actors who have done it and people have such strong feelings about how important the rhythm is or is not. So that's Fair. fascinating to me to and then have a different of... art form of belly like, dancing, like such a yeah. visceral, physical one to be right there with it to see which actors no. are like, you're no. off the belly. <laughs> You're off the belly beat. So Madam, correct thy hips. (laughs) Correct thy hips. They appear to be lying. And this to me is fascinating because it it is so much... I'm really fascinated in research and in knowledge in terms of like, it's great to have knowledge, but it's useless unless you apply it. Yes. You know, you can win a trivia contest or you can apply it to something. Yes. And I'm loving how much your, your... All your stories of research are very quickly... Relating back to oh, <laughs> this is what I this is what I've created this is what I aspire to so uh, so it's fun to apply your research on the rhythm. Well, I, th- I think it does go back to literally it's that thought of like well I might not have this now but maybe I'll use this later. Yeah, like just picking up the <laughs> random props. Right, I might need this like that information in the <laughs> book knows? in the library. It sticks out. It looks. It's not like it's it's been animated by a different animator, so I think I can pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. So let's go back to Sorry. Hermione. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I wanted to ask if you had a research hero uh like for me it's one of the things that gets dropped in batman's character i like a lot is that batman is a detective who notices things so i like him for that everybody kind of blew up at uh, Tyrion lannister's line last season on game of thrones i drink drink and i know know things things. and and that's one of the great parts of that show is the people who seem like they're going to win are the people who have done their research. Jon Snow went north of the wall and did his research. So he's the one who knows what's going on. So like to me, there's I've been noticing more and more myself a a powerful connection to characters who value and pursue knowledge. So I was curious, like if you have characters that you're like, I love them because they would be so much fun to like search things on the Internet with Oracle. 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 Nice, nice. Um, I, I mean, For people I who don't know Oracle, Barbara give you. Gordon yeah. anyway. But the fact that it's like she is paralyzed and she said, no, fuck this. I'm not going to let. I mean, I, I have strong feelings about the killing joke, but we'll. Mm. Yeah. But what came from that <laughs> and the fact that she said, no, I'm going to still be this incredibly useful thing without ever having left like my room. And I'm like, ah, oh, yes, this is brilliant. And. I, I love Oracle. I think yeah. she's a badass. I think Oracle is a great character in the comics. Yep, Batgirl gets shot by the Joker in a controversial graphic novel, but then becomes a character who always has knowledge at her fingertips. She's also in the Arkham games. Oh, yeah, yeah, which are great. Yeah. Um, but then I feel like that that character in that idea of heroes can't just run around waiting for something bad to happen in an alley and then punch people. <laughs> That that idea has Maybe become so. Be so effective. That's the way I would like to be a superhero. <laughs> I mean, it's just sit there on my smartphone playing games. If anything happens to this alley, I'm gonna punch you. Just be aware. I'll be just in case. Just put guy. up a sign. Beware. <laughs> be aware. Superhero hanging out in this alley. But like that now, that idea of you need someone with information who is back at the base yeah. watching it all is so important and to superhero they stories. They're not, they're not really a sidekick. They're an active member of your team and you rely on them just as much as they rely on you and just yeah it's I, a, i'm not a big i'm not a big person obviously standing at five feet tall um <laughs> could probably kick someone decent damage but yeah like i've always valued like okay i can think really quick usually sometimes and I've, I've got all this random knowledge that needs to be put somewhere so it's like i feel like i could be of use <laughs> in that world where i I'm not a very, like, physically confrontational human. Yeah, but. I like this superhero story that, you, that we were creating together. If I was hanging out in the alley, yeah. you could keep me updated I'll if anybody is coming to, in, to into the alley. But in the meantime, you could also just tell me random facts. <laughs> you just be yeah. like, oh my 
my gosh, did you know that polar bears become green because algae gets caught in their actual hair follicles? They're like, really? That's weird. Also, no heat signatures in the alley. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, that too. Just like you know, maybe move to a different alley. Just move saying. to a different alley. That is great. That is great. Uh, yeah, and your call sign, of course, would be curiosity. Uh, I wanted to ask you another weird question. Okay. If... A deity of some kind okay. came down from the heavens, like a powerful figure that you believed in, yes. and said, look, I am telling you, you can just let absolutely the rest of life go. You don't need to worry about money. Somebody will bring you food. I'm absolving you of responsibility, and you can just research anything for a month. Like, that's all you have to do for a month. What would you want to research if you were absolved of any other responsibility? Everything else was taken care of yeah. that time. The guilt-free, just... Go to the library, go oh, to, just stare at your smartphone. What would you want to just dig into? String theory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it is that because it is the biggest challenge? Um. Yes, and I feel like I would need that much time to just fully yeah. work my brain around it. But I also, um, in the works, have a narrative podcast I want to work on, which kind of rests on some string theory okay. aspects. So it'd be like both productive, but also like this big daunting thing that I would like to understand better. Yeah. I like that no matter what question I ask you, I can get it to come back to podcasting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it is a good thing. Audio dramas, man. They're the Audio future. dramas. I, they really are. Nobody's going to be listening to just people having conversations. No, that's what I meant. <laughs> I just mean like it's the great thing about that is, is – um, no matter, I have so many friends in different areas, and it doesn't matter. It's like I've got voice actor friends up in Seattle or writers, and I'd be like, hey, let's collaborate on this. And we can all put it together and not have to be in the same location. Yeah. And as long as you got a good mic, awesome. Yeah. Let's do this. Do you want to give people, are you at, at a point to give people a little tease of the general idea of your string theory audio drama podcast? I'm not. I don't know okay. why I brought it up. Because i, <laughs> I got to finish my sequel before I get to that. It's a secret. I'm working on an audio drama, and I might have to do a string theory, uh, string world theory hopping, secret. and alternate universes. And okay, cool. All right. So I, you obviously value... You're a very creative person, but you value learning as much as you can about science. I bet you can encapsulate string theory in like, what What are the basics? Oh God, no tell, tell me, <laughs> tell me a very stupid person when it comes to science no, and I math. No, I can't do this. Tell me a be very, wrong. but in, well, and I think that is a fun test because I have never had anyone on Obsessed write in or complain about getting a fact wrong. Because this is so much a podcast that's about like talking about why we like things. If we get a fact wrong... We can look them up. So, uh, so nothing. There, there's nothing at stake. I'm just curious because I'm a dummy. So, what is the <laughs> basics? The basics. What is I don't the even basic know if of I string theory? Tell you that because I've just started dipping my toes in it. Um, but what I'm leaning on is there is a part of it that that essentially hypothesizes that if the like because we're all vibrating at basically we're all atoms vibrating at a certain frequency which awesome. is how you get melting points and freezing points yeah. and that sort of thing which is fascinating in itself more or less vibrating basically um <laughs> i'm just gonna go to the bad <laughs> see place. it's already gold <laughs> i'm just gonna go to the bad place but there is this hypothesis that essentially if you could like stretch that string of the universe a little too much it might snap and then kind of collapse on itself yeah um so this essentially revolves around, I'm just going to basically describe this plot, and you're going to have to deal with it, that it's not coming out for a very long time. <laughs> um, the basics of this plot is essentially one person uh, survives that but and has the ability to hop from different universe to different universe, but because she is vibrating essentially at a separate frequency, either the world around her she arrives at is going to disrupt her or she's going to disrupt it okay. if she stays too long. And it's sort of that, like, it's going to be based around um, Tesla's whole thing of, like, if you want to unlock the secrets of the universe, um, study energy and frequency. And I'm like, yeah. that's brilliant. And just that whole craziness and how music works into frequency and what that power that might have on sort of a different level than just emotionally. And Yeah. Yeah, so, so that that's kind of where all that is. and. Okay, but I love that is an analogy almost for uh, emotional things. Like when yes. you're when you're describing somebody comes to a, a place and they're vibrating. Like I, that's been in science fiction shows. Yes. That's on the Flash TV show. Uh, but the idea it, it has such power that we all sometimes feel like we are vibrating at a different frequency yes. than the rest of the world. It, I 
without thinking about it, I just pictured Charlie Brown. Of like, is that the secret of Charlie Brown? Is that why things don't quite work for Charlie Brown? Is oh my he's gosh, vibrating quick. at a slightly Get different Molly frequency? Get Molly and Josh over here from right now, stat. Check okay. out the Peanuts podcast. I will pitch uh, me and Carrie's new theory that Charlie Brown is vibrating at a different frequency. <laughs> oh, I just want to hug him now. I mean, I always do, but that's his problem. It's just not... just. You're at the wrong frequency, Charlie Brown. A great special. <laughs> You're at the wrong frequency, Charlie Brown. <laughs> We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Oh, dear. So you, you have listened to the podcast, so you get a general sense I of what these are. do. Do you think about research every day? Yes. Do you research every day? Yes. Okay. Would you lose your mind if you didn't learn a new fact every day? Um, I want to say no. <laughs> well, has it but ever I've, been? I don't know if I've ever had it. Yeah. To be honest, because you just—I feel like existing in the world, you learn something. Yeah. Um, and now I, like I said, sometimes it is very um instant gratification. So sometimes I'll look something up and then kind of forget it like five seconds later. But like just without even thinking pick it up like oh i wonder what that yeah cool put it in my pocket so you just resolved you've never had a day though where you've had like a frustrating day at the job and then you've just like gone home and kind of watched something you've seen before and then you get to the end of the night and you're like i haven't learned any i haven't taken any new facts out of the library book and put them in my head today no because i even when i watch like like parks and rec is one of my big go-to's um to go home and watch it's an amazing show but then I, like, I've even found myself looking up, like, what does Pawnee, Indiana actually look like? <laughs> like this is clearly Huntington Gardens. Like, <laughs> I'm not fooled, Eagleton. I'm not fooled. Yeah. Um, so I just, I don't, I'm not So even when you're mind. watching a, a show like uh, Parks and Rec, where Pawnee is designed to be an aggressively fake place. Yes. Like, it is obviously not, it's supposed to have similarities to other midwestern places but it's supposed to be aggressively fake you're like i'm going to break through i'm going to vibrate on that frequency and figure (laughs) out the reality of bonnie what what inspired what and then i've looked at like behind the scenes stuff and um just i I love looking at blooper the behind the scenes of it is great and like finding out like oh chris pratt was not supposed to show up naked in that scene and he did and so that reaction from (laughs) Leslie Nope is completely legitimate. <laughs> Amy Poehler going, oh my God, you're naked. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's great. So you are sort of like a walking human DVD extra. Like you always yeah. want a little something more than the actual thing. I love the, the DVD extras. I that's know. like my favorite thing to watch on the Lord of the Rings DVDs. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like, <laughs> do a pheasant, bring the pheasant. John Rhys Love it. I understand. <laughs> All right. So I'll take that as a yes that you do that <laughs> research every day. No, no, no. Uh, when people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with research? Is no. there any physical way to see it? Because I don't have a lot of physical books anymore, to be honest. Okay. It's, it's it's a little more sneaky until you start kind of asking about stuff of like, I've got a lot of DIY stuff in my room, which was acquired through researching, looking it up. Like, okay. how do I wire this? Like, that kind of thing. But it's, I wouldn't say it's super obvious. Okay. And now, how long does somebody need to be in your presence before you look something up? On average. How, like what, like just as a, as like a friend? You like, are, do I know them yeah, very well? Yeah. Like, let's say that you and I bump into each other at a party or whatever, and we're hanging out and talking for a while, and there's a third person who doesn't know you. How long at a party until you look something up? Like, right now, you're not looking something up because you're on a because podcast. because I'm on a podcast. Which is great, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I was very good. I turned off my phone. Um, 25 minutes? 25 minutes. Okay. That's I, pretty good. Yeah. That's like, pretty good. Because someone's bound to say something and be like, I wonder why that is. Hang on one second. Okay. So people wouldn't immediately say, oh, of course, she is obsessed with the concept of research. No. They wouldn't package that, but they would see the activity. I, I try to... There's social graces that I'm trying to... Because it's rude, and I know it's rude because people think it means I'm not interested when really I'm looking for something to further fuel the conversation. Yeah. And be like, oh, no, 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 I want to find this and share it with you. And like, oh, fun fact, look what I found. Yeah. Um, And I think that's productive to conversations, but I have encountered many people who do not enjoy that. And so yeah, I, fair I try enough. real hard. I, I'm that. sure this app exists because I think all, app exists, all apps exist, but there should just be a conversation app that just every... <laughs> Two minutes shows a topic. Right? <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. Maybe I really like that topic. And someone's just like, oh, I wonder, I wonder why that is. And I'd be like, but we can look it up. But we can know. Like, we can know. Why, wouldn't, why would we just sit here and wonder when we can just 
We can put it in our minds. Cool. Have you ever researched something so well it made you weep? Like, I know the shit out of this. Oh, I'm so happy oh, I cried. Because of that? Oh, yeah. no. Um, but I did used to really, like, I got insomnia. And for some reason, when I was younger, I decided the best way to cure insomnia is to look up serial killers. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's a terrible thing to do. Um, it and really that, is. that was very much, like, made me cry. Um, did that make you, uh, how long until you chose a different thing to research? Once you'd read all of the serial killers? <laughs> I mean, there's always more. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there are. I know. It's, it's upsetting, but it's true. Sad, but true. Um, probably. My sister also really liked to watch uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. And that's probably what broke me of it, because I started hearing Robert Stack narrating things in my life. You heard Robert Stack reading Wikipedia? Um, no, just like... She was alone in the house <laughs> on her computer that her parents had got because they were technically forward. And I can't imitate yeah. Robert Stack, but I would just start hearing him narrating what I was doing. And I'm like, I'm going to disappear. Okay. Like a serial killer is going to find me. Yeah. And I would just combine them. And I think I was probably like 13. Okay. It's like, let's stop looking at serial killers that on makes the sense. internet. I would weep if I heard Robert Stack narrating my life. <laughs> He's, He's terrifying. He's eating more cheese. <laughs> he, could, he doesn't need that cheese. He could just like a grocery list and i'd be like back oh god. you're gonna die somebody's gonna die because i haven't picked or up just, the butter just go unnoticed <laughs> cool uh if you were researching something and you were told the info you needed was in a mysterious hole in the ground in the woods would you stick your hand in there oh my god yes <laughs> i mean i would bring a flashlight with me and i would like especially if they told me beforehand but yeah I'd co-prepared, but yeah. heck yeah. Like, it's a mysterious hole, Joseph. What's in it? <laughs> See, I've asked other people this, and they are really, A, confused, or B, creeped out. And you're like, I like the woods. It's so. mysterious. <laughs> like, it, it's very Gravity Falls. Let's freaking yeah. do it. <laughs> no fear for your hand. More I mean, excitement I of the woods to. and a hole. And also, I would be, like, I mean, I could test it. Like, there was no nothing in that saying, like, you had to put your hand oh, in Oh, that's first. true. That's true. I can, that's there's true. sticks in the woods. There's I can bring a flashlight. <laughs> I've got a phone with ha- which has a flashlight. Yeah, so all right, all right. Could so at you least are... be like, and I'd be able to see it, I'm assuming, because if my arm is going to be able to reach it, then yeah. clearly the light is going to be able to see what's in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And then mm. I can move on from there and be like, all right, so the book's down there, but there's also a giant spider. <laughs> I will return with bug spray. All right, you, ha- you have defeated my little role-playing game. <laughs> it is the woods hole uh would you have a research themed birthday party yes what would it I look like to have, you oh actually. you have tell me about that um well it wasn't organized by me but we made um i don't know if you call it technically research it was very rpg based okay where i was given quests to go find things and figure things out and then i could move on to the next okay task but it did require some research and like did you find presents at the end was it that I kind found of thing friends and i like like they were all hiding in different locations and then i literally gathered my party and then oh, really? we went to the party after it was great okay so your friends hid themselves from you yes. until you could solve puzzles yes were they difficult puzzles um, some yes some no okay but would you have literally a research that's really cool but would you have a research-themed birthday party where it's just like, come over to my house, and we're all going to look up things about string theory, and then we're going to exchange what we've learned? I feel like that'd be like a writing party. Like that'd be, yeah. I feel like I could make that work, okay. definitely. Um, or have you ever done, um, I don't really care for these because you don't actually get to read the information, but the the, the wiki races. Mm-mm. Oh, you've never done those? No. Okay, so you're basically given a topic to start at and then a topic you have to end at. And you can okay. only go through the links. Oh, and nice. whoever gets there the fastest to oh. be like through all the sublinks of like, I have to get from jujitsu to Sherlock Holmes, which... Actually, the other way around wouldn't be that hard, yeah. but I don't know how he, yeah. Because yeah. he apparently learned new jujitsu, so you can go, oh, there we go. Yeah. But. So, yeah, it's like yeah. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but Basically, with the Wikipedia. But with that's Wikipedia. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, a wiki race party would be great fun. And then you could do like little improv scenes right? based on them. Now go. <laughs> <laughs> go. Sherlock Jujitsu, that's your scene. Go. <laughs> would you get a tattoo that says, fuck yeah, research? <laughs> um. I'm. Mm, Finally, some hesitation. <laughs> Do you I, have I wear tattoos? A shirt. I don't have tattoos. Okay. I am very particular about that. And I've, I've maybe considered one thing. Okay. 
to actually tattoo on me. Um, well, two things. And the first is the Caligan Creed, which is uh, fetus et adex, which means faithful and bold. Okay. Because I find that very comforting and it'd be, it'd be fun to have on the wrist. Yeah. And then the other is the balance symbol from Dreamfall, which is like my favorite game series in the world. And it's about the balance of science and, and chaos or magic. So Okay. But I, I'd wear a shirt that said, fuck yeah, research. <laughs> okay. So you'd try it out with a shirt and build to a tattoo. Well, I just don't know if I'd want the word fuck on me, to be okay. honest. Um, just because How about I just... like to curse a lot. Yeah. But I try to be mindful of, there's a small child here. or Right. So I just feel like that'd be like, I've seen some really obscene tattoos. And I'm like, maybe you're in public. Maybe you should. I don't know. Okay. Like, that's a woman with her legs. Like, whoa. Maybe put that yeah. away while there are. What if it was fuck yeah research in Latin? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. If you could if yeah. you could find fuck yeah in Latin. Um, I, I want to. See, now I want to see if there is actually an equivalent of fuck uh, yeah. Well, I, as soon as the, the podcast time, is over, you can look it up. This is the first time I've been tempted to go for my phone, Jessica. I saw so. your hand trembling, <laughs> reaching to the phone place. Uh, just a few more How Obsessed Are You questions, <laughs> and then you can look it up. If you couldn't get into a research library without going around a bear to get into the research library, would you try to get around the bear? Yes. <laughs> is this because you also feel you can research the bear's claws? Well, no. Okay, so I actually did kind of research this a little bit. Okay. So um, we're in Southern California, which means it's got to be a black bear, which are like the smaller ones. And, yeah. I mean, they're still a bear, but yeah. um, <laughs> they're actually not that, like, confrontational. In fact, they're the bear that if uh, you do encounter them, don't, first of all, don't run ever. Yeah. Um, but instead of getting in the fetal position like you would with a grizzly, you um, <laughs> stand your ground and you just, like, make noises at them. Okay. Because basically they're very, they're about posturing, but they don't really want to attack you. Okay. In fact, they eat carrion and berries more than they want to actually hunt something. Okay. Um, so maybe, I don't know, I'd like bring like some roadkill with me and throw it off to the side and then be like, <laughs> and then it would go on its merry way and I'd be like, thanks, bear. Was that the noise you made? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, something scary. <laughs> Whatever would scare a bear. All right. <laughs> Uh, you have defeated. This I've never felt like a how obsessed are you as a role playing game, but it well, feels like you're you trying to, to beat every question. Yes! And so far you are. Two left. If every time you learned a new fact, you forgot. Oh, actually, only one left. This is the last one because okay. I left an old one on. I'm not going to ask you a random question about Spider Man. I mean, I would not be able to answer it. So there you go. If every time you learned a new fact, you forgot an old one, would you still research new things? Yes. Because I feel that's how the brain works anyway. Okay. Like, you... that's how memory does it. Okay. So, when you... So, going all the way back to the beginning of our conversation where you're like, I, I, I used to know this. I want to know it again. So, when you pull out your phone to put back in there something that you thought you knew. Yes. And you feel like you are aware scientifically that that is pushing <laughs> something else out. Yes. How does that make you feel? Does that just feel like, ah, it's that's fine. the cycle of life? That's just how memory works. Your brain basically decides without your consent, which I find rude, but um, what it considers important information or not. And okay. usually if you have an emotional attachment to that information, it will hold on to it tighter. Oh, okay. Because um, then you like, or some sort of a sense attached to it, which is why a sense of smell and memory is so linked. Yeah. Um, but if it's just like, you know, what is the capital of Montana? Helena? <laughs> um, I think I think so. I don't know. Um, but like I don't I don't yeah. need to know that. It was something I had to memorize in freaking grade school. Okay. Well then here's my last actual final okay. how obsessed are you question. Inspired. I'm making this up on the spot. Okay. Inspired oh, by what I'm you excited. just said. If you now looked up what the capital of Montana was and then you said to yourself, I want to me- memorize this, would you on purpose smell something weird <laughs> to try to remember the capital of Montana? No, but I might sing it. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Because I learn really well through song. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd probably just, Helena is the capital of Montana. And if this is wrong, I'll always remember it incorrectly. <laughs> All right, so you would just sort of jazz riff yeah, you know, in order to memorize. That captures the spirit of Montana. I think that's great. I f- you know, it's the birth of jazz in Montana. <laughs> All right. I can't so even say that with a straight face. I'm curious to see if you've researched this. I ask everybody to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Oh. What noise summons up uh, research for you? I feel like I'd probably be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's good because it captures that you should have known that or that it's surprising to know that or fun to know that. Let's go do more. 
know. That's how string theory works. What? what? I'm going to have that later because I'm going to now go like, how wrong was I? No, I think that was a pretty good, just uh, the <laughs> basics of string theory. The new or parts of it, really. It's a <laughs> very parts. large complicated yeah. thing yeah which absolutely. is weird because you know when you think of a string you think, it should be that easy no, it's but not no, <laughs> no. it's a big no. ball of tangled string <laughs> <laughs> uh cool Sorry. no 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 it's fine so i'm gonna try to rate your obsession oh okay i think i'm gonna go crazy here it's uh my scale is one to seven yes. just because i like the number seven I, but- i've always wanted to like why because seven? I mean, that's ah. fair. Is it yeah. just like a lucky number? Or? Uh, I think it. I think I like the sort of magicalness of like it is considered a you know like in that's various fair. like magic stories it's considered an important number. I think it's daughter a, of like seventh daughter of seven. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. The, the seven seventh is like a, a powerful number. I, I I'm a big James Bond fan, so I ah. think there's also like a little bit of 007. Oh, and and oh shit. Yeah. Doctor D. Is that the guy he was based off of? Uh, I don't know. Oh. Um, queen Elizabeth had a had a guy who had signed 007. Oh, who had signed 007? All right. The uh, original queen, not <laughs> not the one who's never dying. Yes. I will research this too <laughs> for, my, for my James Bond knowledge. But yeah, I, I just, I like the number seven for, for lots of reasons. I was a weird kid and gave personalities to numbers and That's seven awesome. was the daring one. Ooh, I like it. Eight was like your grandpa who's always there for you, but seven <laughs> was daring. Oh, well, there you go. Seven did eat nine. So. <laughs> Seven did eat nine. Eight, so. nine. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> well, I like it better as just a story instead of a joke. <laughs> did you know that? Seven in the past. It was upsetting. Uh, we have to get a new eight. <laughs> Cannibalism. So I am going to give you a seven. Oh, shit. Which okay. in the, well, p- different people have different relationships when they come onto the podcast with obsession. Like yeah. sometimes people think... It, they are here to prove they're obsessed, and other times people are, you know, upset if I think they're not obsessed enough. Oh no! Uh, but in 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 the past, I have said that seven is maybe a problem level. I mean, but I, I agree I, with that. maybe a little bit, uh, but I don't think so because if this whole podcast was just like, yeah, when it comes up at parties and I can't remember the name of the first actor to play Dumbledore, I have to know if that was where you were at. Uh, in my own personal little judgy world, I would say, yeah, if you're a seven, that's a problem. But every time I poked or prodded or asked about research, you had a way that you have applied it or a way that you want to apply it in the future. Aww, and that to me yeah. is like, well, that's the that's the point of research is application on some level. Aww. So it's obviously a huge part of your life. And I don't think it's a problematic part of your life. Because even when I was like, but isn't isn't the internet a waste of time? You're like, no. Here are eight million great ideas. I got <laughs> so I think I'm so- totally using that the next time someone can like uh, judges me for bringing up my phone. I'll be like, excuse you, excuse you. Joseph Scrimshaw believes this is a healthy obsession. I am a seven. <laughs> Thank am you a, very much. I am a seven in a brilliant way, in a magical way. Screw you. I am a magical seven. <laughs> I can look this up all I want. Uh, do you have things you want to plug? Tell people where they can find you on social media and YouTube and, uh, and shout out to your book again. Uh, yes, you can find me pretty much anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's the other one. At Kiri Calligan. Um, I think my Facebook is actually Kiri Calligan Writes or Kiri S. Calligan. <laughs> oh, that, that's another thing is my middle name is Sandra. So if you look at my initial, it's Curious Calligan. Ah, uh, nice, um, nice. That was not planned. Sandra is my mother's name. Um, uh, right. Um, you can find Alice, A-L-Y-S, uh, colon, the Terramirum Chronicles, at pretty much any bookstore you want to find. Um, please do order it. Please tell them you want me to come dress up in my fairy gear and do a <laughs> signing. Um, on, I'll be doing a signing in the LA area in October and apparently going to Utah in September and seattle possibly in november or so crazy awesome. utah very close to the home of jazz I, it's true <laughs> Not at all no, close so to close it. to all the mormons like, hi i used to be one of you i'm uh, heathen now yes that statement i made was wrong on every level but anyway <laughs> heathen carrie calligan is coming to utah to read from her book which is awesome and Butter. you can find in physical bookstores here's some quick plugs for this show and then we'll get on to our final questions you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can check out my pop culture comedy station on Anchor called Headcanon on Anchor. 
For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com. You can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episodes where me and my wife, Sarah, talk about something that we are obsessed with. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final questions. Are you ready? All right. Um, all right. <laughs> You're balancing yourself I physically. I am. Excellent. If I'm you ready. could shoot one of these things out of your hand, which would it be? Fire or movie tickets? Fire. <laughs> okay uh, uh tell me why um i okay so i don't really like going to the movies okay um there's something i mean i i love movies there's something about sitting in a movie theater that makes me very anxious okay um is it just the lack of the control of environment the other smelly I th- weirdos i think it's um just a bunch of people staring at a screen in the dark um not really being aware of everything the fact you don't have you can't pause it um Right. I have a bit of, like, despite the fact that I really love the internet, I have a weird relationship with people staring at a screen and not being aware. Okay. Um, I once had a, I fainted, like, when I was 14. Okay. And I remember being, like, really freaked out and getting up. I was doing the dishes, and I was like, oh, my parents are going to be so, like, surprised. And I, like, look up and realize my dad <laughs> and sister were still on the computer and noticed that nothing had happened. Oh, I'm and sorry I think for that laughing. stuck with me. No, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny now, but at the time I was like, all right. So. Okay, so that's that's how screens relate to my yeah, well-being. Like, well, okay then. Um, plus, just I mean, I feel like you could do so much with like having fire come out. Like, yeah, you could have a great show. I love fire spinning and okay. all of that. I think it's gorgeous, and I just I'm a bit of a pyromaniac. So. Okay, well, I'm adding that to my Shakespeare belly dancing show. Do it, where do you're it. You're in the oh background shooting flames too. Belly dancing Shakespeare, <laughs> uh, belly dancing Hamlet. To be or not to be, <laughs> fire, fireball, fireball, fireball. Polonius is dead. Yes. I am big fireballs. Hamlet burns the curtain this time. Uh, and the uh, next question is, if there was a ride at Disneyland based on your life, what would that uh, ride be like? Oh, depressing. <laughs> I'm a very cheerful person, but I feel like I've persevered through a lot. So I'm like, eh. okay, maybe not based on my life. I'd, I'd be fine with it being based on say my book okay so what would that be like um i feel like it would probably be you'd be in the car that she's driving in and you'd go instead of just crashing it into the side like she does that's like what you'd be in the whole time and okay you'd kind of like go through the book much like the winnie the pooh ride but it'd be slightly darker obviously and all the way to the end with the big battle, the big bad. I'm trying not to get yeah, this away. Yeah, don't spoil the book, but um, Winnie the Pooh, but darker. <laughs> yeah, I but, like that. But like when you're on the Winnie the Pooh ride, it takes you through like a story or or one. It takes you through the the stories of the Winnie the Pooh. All right. You go through the heffalumps and woozles. And... But is dark, scary Winnie the Pooh, Do you, if that was the ride and you went on that ride and it's like, well, I meant to inspire it by my book, but would it be an accurate reflection of your life? A little scary awesome. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> scary Winnie the Pooh. Yes, <laughs> um, whimsical, but a little terrifying. A little terrifying. Which Winnie the Pooh already is? Here's the ride that I'm going to pitch to you. I'm going to okay. uh, try my hand at answering the question I asked you. I want a ride based on one of your wiki searches. Oh, so you go from Sherlock Holmes somehow on the ride to jujitsu to you know uh, baking to. It'd be very. Um, ooh, or you could like travel through. The tubes of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that is the scariest ride I've ever heard of. <laughs> no, it could be like Space Mountain, but instead of stars, it's like text, and you're like going by all these different subjects okay. as you zoom through zoom basically Wikipedia. The information superhighway exactly. ride. Yes! There we go. Done and done. Perfect. Want that Perfect. so bad. The final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Oh, shit. <laughs> Happiness is finding a pencil. Da, da, da. Going back to peanuts. Um, I'm going to say happiness is a choice. Okay. Um, and I mean that cheerfully because I feel like looking at certain things, it all does come down to um, how you react to them because you don't have control over what occurs to you, but you can control how you react to it. And some days you choose to be happy. And I think it's also important to sometimes choose to be unhappy. Yeah. Um, like, uh, was it last week when we lost um, uh, Chester Bennington? Yeah. Um, I was trying to, like, just fight against that whole thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to choose to be unhappy right now. And I'm yeah. going to be sad. And that's fine. And I'm going to have a good, like, 
oof about it. And then tomorrow I'm going to pick up with my life and I'm going to keep going and I will be happy again. And yeah, that to me is happiness is a choice. Yeah. If I can really simplify it down. No, I really like that because it it feels like you're embracing both of the meanings that that could have. Yeah. Of like happiness is the, the ability to have like a choice have in any situation. It. But also... it's okay to not always be happy. And yeah. I feel like we have such a pressure of like be happy all the time and you don't allow yourself to feel things and like every time like you cry like someone's like oh don't cry no let that person cry <laughs> like that's some negative stuff they're they're venting trauma let them do it yeah and then they can go on like i'm i'm very stick to my irish roots of emotional reaction okay now i can move on <laughs> <laughs> and you ha- have the choice exactly to i invest made that in choice that. decided i think that's a great answer uh, thank, thank you, you for uh, for choosing to do this podcast oh thank you for having me <laughs> i was very honored it was a happy experience for it you, was i, I love this this is great awesome that is our podcast you've been listening to obsessed joseph scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest rate five stars if you're impressed so in case you had asked me the crotch punching uh question i i had come prepared because my theory on that was essentially, I have experienced something far more painful, so it was going to be okay. Um, and I, I love research, so I can't just stop researching. Um, I, a couple months ago, um, walked into the corner of a table with my business, <laughs> <laughs> um, which hurt initially, very much so. Um, but because I was wearing leggings, apparently it scraped some skin off, which then got infected because... As we all know, uh, there's lots of bacteria and sweat down there, especially if you work out regularly. Um, and I got an abscess. Um, now, let me tell you, there are... Um, sorry, this is sort of... I told you, it's a crass story. It's great. Um, there are, for a lady down there, there are 8,000 nerve endings. And they can only numb that so much, as in not at all. Yeah. Um, so she poked me with a needle, like, uh, five <laughs> times trying to numb it. Um, didn't numb it at all. Holy crap. And so, and then they had to lance the abscess and drain the infection. And, um, let me tell you, nothing in the world is more painful than that. I was like screaming. So I feel like I can definitely take a crotch punch. Okay. That is easily be like, spring it. And that'll be like my thing. Anytime someone tries to be like, Oh, you don't have no idea what it feels like to be put like to get hit in the nuts. I'm like, no, but do you have any idea what it feels like to be stabbed in the clit with a needle? Cause let me tell you, 8,000 nerve endings, buddy. That's twice of what you have. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Uh, for regular listeners to obsessed. I often ask, uh, to test people's obsession, the how obsessed are you are you section, would you uh, take a crotch punch or someone you love take a crotch punch? I've been phasing the question out because I feel like I've gotten all of the answers I would ever get, and I might bring it back someday. But for now, Kiri, thank you. That was a great conclusion to the era of the crotch, the crotch punch, punch question. Punch. <laughs>